echoes. Today's date is April 30th, 2023. And we are reading from the AA Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. More about alcoholism on page 41. The paragraph beginning as soon as I regain uh, to the end of the paragraph. Excuse me, the end of the chapter. Maria M. will be our reader, followed by a 20-minute share by Pete B. Morning. My name is Maria M. and I'm a recovered compulsive reader. As soon as I regained my ability to think, I went carefully over that evening in Washington. Not only had I been off guard, I had made no fight whatever against the first drink. This time I had not thought of the consequences at all. I had commenced to drink as carelessly as though the cocktails were ginger ale. I now remembered what my alcoholic friends had told me, how they prophesied that if I had an alcoholic mind, the time and place would come and I would drink again. They had said that though I did raise a defense, it would one day give way before some trivial reason for having a drink. Well, just that did happen and more. For what I had learned of alcoholism did not occur to me at all. I knew from that moment that I had an alcoholic mind. I saw that willpower and self-knowledge would not help me in those strange mental blank spots. I had never been able to understand people who said that a problem had them hopelessly defeated. I knew then it was a crushing blow. Two of the members of Alcoholics Anonymous came to see me. They grinned, which I didn't like so much. And they asked me if I thought myself alcoholic and if I were really licked this time. I had to concede both propositions. They piled on me heaps of evidence to the effect that an alcoholic mentality, such as I had exhibited in Washington, was a hopeless condition. They cited cases out of their own experience by the dozen. This process snuffed out of out the last flicker of conviction that I could do the job myself. Then they outlined the spiritual answer and program of action, which a hundred of them had followed successfully. Though I had been only a nominal churchman, their proposals were not intellectually hard to swallow. But the program of action, though entirely sensible, was pretty drastic. It meant I would have to throw several lifelong conceptions out of the window. That was not easy. But the moment I made up my mind to go through with the process, I had the curious feeling that my alcoholic condition was relieved, as in fact it proved to be. Quite as important was the discovery that spiritual principles would solve all of my problems. I have since been brought into a way of living infinitely more satisfying and, I hope, 
more useful than the life I lived before. My old manner of life was by no means a bad one, but I would not exchange its best moments for the worst I have now. I would not go back to it even if I could. Fred's story speaks for itself. We hope it strikes home to thousands like him. He had felt only the first nip of the ringer. Most alcoholics have to be pretty badly mangled before they really commence to solve their problems. Many doctors and psychiatrists agree with our conclusions. One of these men, staff member of a world-renowned hospital, recently made this statement to some of us. What you say about the general hopelessness of the average alcoholic's plight is, in my opinion, correct. As to two of you men, whose stories I have heard, there is no doubt in my mind that you were 100% hopeless, apart from divine help. Had you offered yourself as patients at this hospital, I would not have taken you. If I had been able to avoid it, people like you are too heartbreaking. Though not a religious person, I have profound respect for the spiritual approach in, cases, in such cases as yours. For most cases, there is virtually no other solution. Once more, the alcoholic at certain times has no effective mental defense against the first drink. Except in a few rare cases, neither he nor any human being can provide such a defense. His defense must come from a higher power. Thank you very much, Maria. And today we'll have Pete B be our speaker and take it away, Pete. Sorry. Thank you, Darcy. Uh, thank you, Kim, for inviting me to speak at the meeting. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm recovered today by God's grace and mercy, and I live in Pennsylvania. Uh, just before I get started, I just want everybody to know I wear one contact lens and one eye, and sometimes when I read the chat, I close an eye. I'm not trying to get creeped with anybody. I just want to let you know that just may be going on, just, uh, just so we're on board, okay? Um, and, and man, I, I just love the, I, I love how uh, organized this meeting is. And I love every deep study of our literature. You know, the more, the more that I gather with my fellows and review this literature, the more it drives home the fact that as long as we're focusing on the common solution, and not delving into the common problem, there's hope, right? There's hope, you know, I, you know, I, you know by, by, by putting down the substances that cause the abnormal reaction in me and, and going through these steps in entire abstinence, I've had a profound psychic change. And I walk a free man, I go where I want, when I want, with who I want, and I'm super, super grateful for that. And I identify as a compulsive overeater, and just to level, I'm sorry, I, I meant to start my timer. So we'll just, just somebody let me know, you know, mute me if I'm going too long. Um, I identify as a compulsive overeater. And what that means is that I have in my, just like alcoholics have an abnormal reaction to alcohol. 
I have an abnormal reaction to certain substances, certain foods, certain ingredients, and certain behaviors that cause me to that demand that if I ingest them, I'm going to eat more of them. That is my problem. Just like alcohol is a problem for alcoholics, right? Alcoholics aren't drink addicts. They're alcohol. They have alcoholism. I have the disease of compulsive overeating. So my problem isn't the fact that I'm an addict. No, my problem isn't the fact that I'm maladjusted to life or can't process my emotions. I have a physical and a mental obsession requires a spiritual solution right here, right? No effective mental defense, no human power, no new code of morals, no better philosophy, right? You know, if you step back 10,000 feet and you look at the stuff that we do in this program, it's, it's reasonable to make the assumption that it's the meetings, the fellows, it's the three phone calls a day, it's the scale, cups, and that's the solution. It's not the solution. The solution is a spirit having a spiritual experience as a result of working these steps. I love this. I love this story about about Fred. Right. I love I love all the stories in the big book. Like I said, it emphasizes. You know, we, we often we often hear like in these meetings. You know, you know, you know. I eat because of this. Right. And you listen to qualifications and this is why I turned to food. And this is the reason why. Well, well, shit, nothing's going on with Fred. Life. He's he's hanging out with with, you know, our hero, Bill Wilson and the rest of the hundred men, men and women who put this book together. Right. Rocking and rolling, doing his thing, you know, getting all the information right from the horse's mouth. And what happened? He rolls into a place feeling good, plan in place, does what I did a million times, minimize the significance of the condition that he has, is, rationalizes it that everybody else around him seems to be handling it fine. I haven't had a problem for it in a while. I have just one. Or maybe I'll have just two, right? It could be different now. I look how much I how much information I've gathered. He takes a drink, the phenomena of craving kicks in, the allergy of the body, and he's off to the races. So with me, once that happens for me, you know, there's no power. <laughs> you know, we talk about a lot about we talk a lot about power in these rooms, in the in these meetings. A lot about power, right? He, he, yeah, and I believe in the power, you know, I believe in, I have a relationship with a higher power and I know that they, that a higher power has removed this merciless obsession from me and I have in fact recovered. But I have been in a room in my office, big book on my lap and a pint of Ben and Jerry's in one hand and a, and a, and a pound of roasted salted mixed nuts in the other and prayed to almighty God for the merciless obsession to be removed. And guess what got finished? The ice cream and the mixed nuts. Dealing with a significant, serious, serious condition. And until it's taken as serious as it is, we really have no hope of surrendering. I love how, I love how Fred talks about he was dealt a crushing blow. 
you know, we kick around a lot of information in these meetings and in, in our fellowship and from sponsor to sponsee and sponsee to sponsor. And we kick around a lot of information. Right. And, you know, we have to remember that information. It's lack of knowledge is not our problem. Lack of fellowship is not our problem. I don't, my disease don't come from loneliness. The big book says that the phenomena, that, that craving, the, the, the craving in an alcoholic is phenomena, which means we know it exists, but we don't know where it comes from. It exists, but we don't know where it comes from. Yet we go to meetings on a regular basis. This is why I ate. This is what turned me to food. My mommy didn't love me enough. My daddy loved me too much. This one did this. This one did that. All of them are viable excuses. They're all viable excuses. But in light of the facts of the matter, the facts of my condition, and all of the experiences I've had, they're like hitting myself in the head with a hammer because I have a headache. I don't know where we got. I don't know where this disease comes from. I don't know why I have it. All I know is that I have it and the crushing blow was not handed to me by my sponsor. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't get it in a meeting from those Ben and Jerry's and mixed nuts that that's where the crushing blow came from. It came from repeatedly on a regular basis, trial and error, you know what I mean? Diet, losing 55 pounds, gaining 25 back, gaining 10, gaining 30. Away, outside of a way, FA, how? You know, psychologists, gurus, all of the self help books you can buy at Barnes and Noble and now on Amazon, consuming them like they were the, like they were the solution. And the crushing blow, the surrender, the thing that put me out was finally food. I was just regularly, regularly like Fred, incomprehensibly demoralized. Incomprehensibly demoralized. And I had, I had, I had one choice. I had the only choice I had to do was, was, to, was to surrender unconditionally. You know, I know from reading this material and from my observations of myself and my fellows and all of my experiences with myself, that I have not assembled the mental defense, that I haven't put together a posse or a, or, or a tribe of people that are going to keep me from picking up that first fatal bite. My defense must come from my relationship with this power, this power I choose to call God. You know, I love the fact, I love the fact that, you know, two of the members came in right after the fact, right? They didn't give up on them. They didn't put them, they didn't put them in the quiet zone. I'm not going to talk to you for two days until the obsession is gone, right? They, they went and visited them. And they delivered the information like Ebby to Bill. Bill. Ebby went to visit a Bill. Bill wasn't in the penalty box because he ate or because he drank. They went and delivered the information 
about this, the, the truth, the facts about the matter, and they didn't water it down. They let, you know, they let them, like, this is, this disease has to be taken, and it is taken from me, for me as the worst condition on the face of this earth. It is absolutely hopeless if we have it. Here's the other thing. If you potentially have it too, right? Because it's progressive in nature. We know that from Bill's story. And I have, the only hope I have is to get relief from the phenomenon of craving. And the only way that I can stay away and can maintain that relief is by having a spiritual experience as a result of working the steps, right? That, in my opinion, information that has to be delivered we don't we don't don't need to be selling hope you know what i mean like we don't need to be you know they you know yeah there's hope lives are restored get to walk free right we we you know we we follow this program we use these tools we have a spiritual experience there's a lot of hope in that but sometimes sometimes we want to deliver the message of hope before the reality of the hopelessness set in. My experience, that was my experience. You know, I always treated my, I always treated compulsive reading as, you know, the little sister to alcoholism. The little set, I, yeah, you know, I'll get up in the middle of the night and I'll have a spoonful of peanut butter because I can't sleep, but I would never have a shot of vodka. You know what I mean? I, you know, that, no way, no way. And then, and then I'll, you know, I'll, I'll mosey my way back, hopefully, at the Overeaters Anonymous. I'll let everybody know I had a slip. And now I'm getting started again, and everybody will cheer. Welcome back. Welcome back. Right? I, my experience, I was getting, I was getting, a, I was getting reinforcement. <laughs> you know, I was getting applause for picking up in my mind. My problem was I could never take this condition as serious as it needs to be taken in order to apply the solution, this 12-step recovery program, as serious as it needs to be adopted, right? I glossed over a lot of information when it came to compulsive overeating. I glossed over a lot of information. Like I said, the hopelessness. I minimized the significance of the condition. I thought, you know what, if all else fails and things ain't going well, I'll just go back to eating ice cream. You know, I've been there. I've been, I've been, you know, not like I, I've been there when, you know what, like everything was going great. The, the right clothes, the right body fat, the right everything. And then decide, okay, I'm gonna go eat, right? I've been there. I've also been on the other end of that. Lumpy, bumpy, 60, 70 pounds overweight. Know, know that I have an abnormal reaction to certain foods, certain substances. Ate anyway. Went and ate anyway, because now, now I couldn't I couldn't manufacture the willingness to even put down that food because I was because I was being ravaged, ravaged by the phenomena of craving ravaged by it you know i just talk you know you know that phenomenon of craving you know in my opinion you know we talk about a lot of times in these different meetings you got to put down the food it has to be down for two days and you know you, you know the idea i got was that okay now you know the, the, 
like, like if I put down alcohol on, on Monday and by Thursday, alcohol is out of my system. I'm no longer dealing with the phenomena of craving. I'm dealing with, I'm dealing with the mental obsession and I can work through the steps. Well, with overeaters, with, with food, you know, I, I don't know about you, but the stuff I was putting in my body, you know, manufactured by Nabisco, Monsanto, you know, scientists, you know, they're creating stuff. They're creating stuff that's, that's designed to make me eat more of them. You know what I mean? Like that stuff's in my body. That stuff's in my cells. I was walking around for almost, for I would say close to a hundred days, a hundred days with the, with the merciless obsession on me. Get me more of that shit. Get me more. I need more of that stuff. What do you mean three meals a day? Nothing in between. Certain portions of this, certain portions. What are you talking about? I want some ice cream, cookies. Can they just name it? You know, and that was on me. That was on me because of my own doing. But I put the food down and the immediate, you know, obsession, you know, the immediate, you know, flashing light in my body, you know, insisting, 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 it dimmed. It dimmed just enough, just enough for me to take the first step in recovery, which is I had to concede to my innermost self. We said it earlier, it said it earlier back on page 30. I had to concede to my innermost self that I'm a compulsive overeater, which implies that I have to understand, I gotta understand the full implications of that. Understand the significance of that, right? And, 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 and then the, the, the big one, right? The delusion, that I'm like other people, smashed. That I'll never, ever, ever, ever be able to control and enjoy the substances that cause the abnormal reaction. Good news is I can control and enjoy the substances that don't. We don't get extra credit for putting down shit that doesn't cause the phenomena of craving. You know what I mean? You're not, you're, you don't get, you'll get more cup, more recovered because I like salt. I, and I enjoy it. I better put that down or, or I I'm addicted to coffee. I drink it every single day, but it doesn't prevent me from doing anything in my life. It doesn't make my life manageable and I'm not putting it down until it becomes a problem. And then if it does, I have I'm, my, my power will remove it. My, my, my power greater than myself will remove it. If that's, if it comes to that, I had to be, I had to be absolute. And once, once I, once that delusion was smashed, I recognized that, you know what? No power, you know, no, no human being, you know, I could walk, you know, holding onto my sponsor's hand, traipsing through the sunlight of the spirit, reporting my food, making three phone calls a day, all that stuff that we do. And I'm not minimizing them, do all that stuff. But none of those are going to restore me to sanity. And what this program says is sanity. What I understand sanity to be is that I'm going to react to food. I'm going to react to those substances. Just like I react to a hot flame. The other day, I took my former beloved peanut butter out of the shelf. The shelf. I put it on the counter. I took some bread out, some jelly, and I made my kids some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I spread it like I was spreading nitroglycerin onto a, onto a, you know, like in a, in a, in a, in a, uh, in a lab. You know what I mean? 
Like that shit can't, that shit, that, you know, food doesn't have any power. Food doesn't have any power. It can't jump out of the, out of the jar and into my throat. I react sanely and normally. And I made them a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That's, that's sanity. I don't have to be run out of the house. Oh my God, there's peanut butter in here. I can't be in here. No, react sanely and normally. I had to recognize that if I wanted to, if I actually wanted to recover, I had to make a decision. Decision to turn my life and will over to care of God as I understand God. The, you know, the word decision comes from a Latin word, scission, which means I have to cut off my former life and adopt a new life. This is significant. The, the, the AA 12 and 12 talks about the third step as being the critical step. And it will depend on how well I'll be able to work all of the rest of the step. That decision. And then, and then I clear away the wreckage of my past, right? Identify and uncover and discard all of the things that have been causing me to eat. No, no, because we don't eat because of resentments. And we don't eat because of fears. And we don't eat because of our conduct. And we do eat because of resentments and we do eat because of fears and we do eat because of conduct, because you know what? We'll use any excuse, any excuse to eat. Book says phenomena. What I'm doing in my four step is I'm identifying the things that are blocking me from having the relationship that's necessary to function and live free of the merciless obsession. Only got two minutes left, I think, or maybe even less than that. But you know what? What I will say is that by by going through this process, like I think Fred did, and all the rest of the characters in this book, I've been delivered to a, a life beyond my wildest dreams. Like I said, I walk a free man today. I go where I want, when I want. I eat three meals a day, weighted, measured. They're beautiful. They're delicious. They present. They 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 provide me with ease and comfort because that's the way I was created. To be afraid of ease and comfort does not cause the phenomena craving. The substances that cause it cause the phenomena craving. I set aside everything I think I know, and I set aside everything I think you know, and I take my guidance and direction from a God of my understanding. I improve that through prayer and meditation, entire abstinence. I do the best I can to carry this message every opportunity that I get to, which is why I appreciate meetings where we're focused, like I said, on the solution and not the common problem. And the solution is having a spiritual experience. And these 12 steps are a process 100% successful if, if worked as outlined that will produce a spiritual experience. And with that, I'll pass. Woohoo! Thank you so much, Pete.